0: Hello and welcome back Shark Heroes to another episode of Deep Dives with Sharks. I am the host here. My name is Alex for all of you who did not know and for those of you who did, good to see you again. Now uh, also happy Spotify Rap Day to all those who celebrate. I really cannot thank you all enough for all the listening, all the sharing. Um, I almost ugly cried on my walk home from work looking at it so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun to look at and see how many of you reached out to show me that it was your, your top podcast. The fact that there's over a hundred of you who this was the number one podcast for, and the fact that there's over 700 of you who had it in your top 10, it's completely nuts. And I cannot believe that that has happened. So I I cannot thank you all enough. You guys are all amazing. And I'm looking forward to continuing to do this for as long as I don't run out of sharks, (laughs) but I also used the polls again a couple weeks ago after I got a suggestion to watch some shark movies and talk about how accurate or inaccurate the creators were with shark behavior and different shark information. Uh, And The good news is that that episode is coming, but the bad news is that was supposed to be a couple weeks ago uh, and then my schedule changed, so that will be coming soon, and for now we have a regular episode, but... Keep an eye out for those. Uh, They'll be coming up and probably more polls as well. I'm trying to be more active on social media, of course. And thank you all for voting, uh, participating, sending all the messages, questions, recommendations, anything else. Yeah, follow along on the Instagram at Deep Dives with Sharks or on Twitter at Deep Dive Sharks to participate more. Alrighty, so the shark for this episode is going to be the lantern shark, and a lot of the information for this episode came from OceanInfo.com and OceanConservancy.org, so check them out if you're looking for more information. But they are believed to be about 50 species of lantern shark, depending on who you ask, which would include the velvet, smooth, dwarf, and fringe fin lantern sharks, just to name a couple. Now, the Ninja Lantern Shark was the one that was requested, so I will try to tailor this more towards that one. But I'm going to cover the species as a whole, as there wasn't a whole lot of information on every of the 50 species, so kind of buckled it down a little. But the Lantern Shark is a species of dogfish and is also the smallest in the world. Now, the length depends on the species, but as a whole, they're usually found to be around 6 to 8 inches, or 15.24 to 20.32 centimeters. The largest individual caught was 12.8 inches, or 32.5 centimeters. Now, Ninja Lantern Sharks, similar to the other Lantern Sharks, prefer the deeper waters and will stay around 836 to 1,143 meters deep, which could go to be about 2,742 to about 3,750 feet. The Ninja Lantern Shark is a black color with white markings around their eyes and mouth. They look similar to a cookie-cutter shark, but they have a very thin body after their anal fin and a tail that resembles a nurse shark, so it's got a longer top than it does bottom. These guys tend to have solitary lifestyles on the bottom of the ocean off the coast of Colombia and Venezuela, although some species can be found around the Caribbean waters as well as in the Pacific Ocean near Hawaii, and some species will be found throughout the Atlantic as well. So they're kind of peppered in pockets all throughout the ocean, so it's, it's neat. You can find them almost anywhere, but in specific spots of anywhere. They were first discovered in 1974 by Perry W. Gilbert, who was a great shark researcher and focused his work mostly on spiny and smooth dogfish in the 1950s. Eventually, he helped to create a shark anesthetic called MS-222 that can be sprayed into the gills during examination to help sedate the shark while they are checking it out. Now, the lantern shark got its name because of its ability to produce light that helps with camouflage when in shallower waters, helping to mimic sunlight, while using the bioluminescence to attract prey in deeper waters so to get them to come closer so they can have a nice little snack. Now, because of the scarcity of food in deeper waters, lantern sharks aren't very picky in their diet. They eat pretty much anything that will fit in their mouth, which includes shrimp, squid, cephalopods, crustaceans, and worms. Sometimes they'll even get other cartilaginous fish as part of their diet. But being rather small, they're also prey for a variety of organisms, including other sharks, dolphins, seals, and a variety of other fish as with every shark species researchers are still learning a lot about this shark and different aspects will vary on different species of lantern sharks now this is very true in the case of reproduction it is believed that most species of lantern shark are ovoviviparous meaning that they have eggs that hatch internally and will be born into little baby sharks after typically there are about two to three pups or baby sharks at a time that can range from around 2.2 to 5.5 inches depending on the species which is about 5.5 to 13.97 centimeters. Maturity will also depend on the size of the species, as the dwarf lantern shark, which is the smallest of all the sharks, becomes mature between 6.3 to 6.9 inches for males, and 6.1 to 7.9 for females. Now, the velvet belly lantern shark becomes mature at around 13 or 14 inches. Now, I forgot to do the centimeters for that one, but imagine more centimeters. There we go. (laughs) Sorry about that. But each species will also have different conservation levels as some are listed at least concerned due to being at the bottom of the ocean and away from many threats. While others are listed as near threatened as the scarcity of food and lower reproductive numbers limit their ability to repopulate. So they're not really 100% okay, but others get a little bit closer due to their habitat and the lack of food. But the lantern shark possesses a small threat to humans as they have the ability to bite and can do so if they are at the surface, but they're not found there very often. And also they're very small, so if they do happen to bite somebody, they're really unlikely to do a lot of damage, you know? Smaller teeth tend to lead to smaller bites. A very common question asked about lantern sharks, especially of the dwarf lantern shark, which is the smallest of any shark species, would be if they would make a great pet. And the answer is absolutely not now the depth that they live at and the range of the habitat cannot be replicated easily in captivity which raises a larger concern about sharks in captivity especially migrating sharks but sharks tend to migrate for a variety of reasons one such reason being they want to find food secondary reason typically tends to be mating so food or love one of the two sometimes both But if the need for food is eliminated by consistent and constant feeding schedules, then the need to migrate will not be there. Thus, whale sharks in captivity are treated rather well and do not have a need to migrate like their wild members would need to do. Now, other sharks, such as the basking shark, they're not in captivity. They are rather large, but it's hard to replicate their environment and the patterns that they would need in order to be able to make a habitat for them. Now, I, of course, could go on a whole rant and debate on whether or not Any animal should be kept in captivity. Uh, There's plenty of information out there, both for and against, and you are very much uh, welcome to have a different opinion than I do. Um, I, of course, can explain my side if you would like a little bit more. I wasn't really planning on doing that this episode, but if you guys do want more on my opinion on that, I am more than happy to share it either in the DMs or on Spotify or on an episode, either way, anything like that. But that is what I have for the lantern shark. There wasn't a whole lot of information on them as they, they're not the newest shark species discovered, but it, it's kind of hard to know a lot about a shark that lives about 3,000 meters down, you know, but they're working on it. As more comes out, maybe I'll revisit these guys in the future to give you a bit more information there. But of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want further information, anything like that, feel free to send it over to me on the social medias. Or of course, you can always check back and send a question on Spotify and I'll answer it in the Correction Corner portion. But going on to shark safety, this week we are going to go over how to respect sharks while diving or snorkeling. This comes from LiveAboard or LiveAboard.com. I'm not sure exactly how to do it, but it's L-I-V-E-A-B-O-A-R-D.com. So if you want more information, definitely check them out. Now, this topic was requested on Spotify by Izzy, and I am more than happy to cover more requests that you shark heroes have, so feel free to comment on Spotify or send them in a DM. Uh, But there are a lot of do's and don'ts while snorkeling and diving when it comes to sharks, as they can be both predictable and incredibly unpredictable pretty much at the same time. Now, first things first, you want to research the area. Want to know what you could encounter, which could be certain fish, including sharks. Now, Barracuda, for example, they really scare me, and that is because my Barracuda knowledge is just that they ate Nemo's mom and siblings in Finding Nemo, which six-year-old Alex really did not appreciate. But there is so much more to those fish, and I have not looked into them, so hopefully I will not be snorkeling and or diving with Barracuda anytime soon. It's not in the plans. But past just knowing what's going to be in the area, look at the behavior that sharks might exhibit, such as aggressive or territorial behavior, compared to relaxed behaviors. You also want to see the best way to interact with them, so you are less likely to get into a dangerous situation. A great example would be that people frequently interact with nurse sharks, and if they only observe them, there's very little chance of a bite. But when they are poked, pulled, pet, or any other sort of physical interaction, they may bite in defense. You'll want to remain calm as well, which can be easier said than done. I'll admit for the 8 millionth time that it was very much not a calming experience snorkeling with whale sharks for me. But thankfully, they're whale sharks and they are rather chill, so they don't really care that I was losing my mind. Now, other sharks can pick up on sudden movements and noises, so limiting them will be ideal. Now, that does not mean you have to be completely silent the entire time you dive. Some sharks, you might want to come a little bit closer by making noise, and some will care about the noise you make, and others, they won't give a flying hoot. So what I'm saying is just don't be making random noises, random splashes, anything like that. Try to limit that as much as possible to keep the sharks a little bit away from you. you just want to really avoid mimicking an injured fish. Uh, As I mentioned in previous uh, safety segments, sharks like injured fish because they're easy meals and anything you can do to avoid looking like an easy meal is going to be very beneficial to your safety. You'll want to keep a safe distance from the shark as well. As mentioned a little bit ago, sharks are wild animals that can be unpredictable, and getting right next to one is probably not the greatest idea. Now, this can also be seen as a threat because they don't know what you can do, so it can bring out defensive behaviors from the shark, which can also lead to a bite. You want to stay about six feet away from any animal. It's usually a good rule to follow, and if I remember correctly, I believe it is a law in the Galapagos, not just a rule of thumb, uh, but you don't want to disturb any species and staying six feet away. It's going to be a great way to allow animals behave in their natural manner. Plus, they'll probably be checking you out a little bit, and they'll probably get a little closer to you, but they usually, once they don't know what you are, just going to try to get away from you. So... Try not to get too close to him. You might spook them, might scare him, and then sometimes scared animals act very out of character. Now, a huge one piggybacking off the last one is to give them their space. Not only does it protect you, but it also allows them to be a shark. You wouldn't be very happy if aliens came to visit and started poking, riding, or chasing you. It's probably really weird to a shark when a human just grabs on for a ride. So don't touch the shark unless it's absolutely crucial to do so. Now, what do I mean by absolutely crucial? If it's getting too close, push away from you. Now, I'm not saying go in with a full smack, but if it's getting close enough that it's coming right up to you and you can put your hand up and get it away from you, try doing that. But this will limit the stress of the animal and the shark as well, which will keep everyone very much safer. Now, on to some of the other don'ts that you want to do so you don't want to feed the sharks. It's one thing when researchers chum the water to attract a shark. It's another to go grab a burger and carry it in a wetsuit to feed a shark. Not the greatest idea. Sharks like easy food, as mentioned earlier, and may connect humans to food, which can put others in danger in the future or even during your dive. The shark could see, oh, hey, this person gave me a burger that came out their wetsuit, and I'm going to go over to bro dude over here because they probably have a cheeseburger in their wetsuit, and I want it as well. They don't have a cheeseburger, so all you've done is just get a shark to go bother someone else, and that's not really great. Now, this goes for anything. Um, I did break this rule in the Caribbean. Uh, Someone had some bread, and we were trying to get fish to eat it, which... At the time, was really really cool, uh. But at the same time, looking back, that was really stupid. Uh, I almost broke almost every rule I speak about in, uh, the Caribbean. Because at one point, there was a school of fish, and I was like, I'm gonna go stand in them. And then, like, as I started waddling over, I realized that is what I tell you all to not do every every episode. So I was like, let me rethink this. Thankfully, my the other half of my brain kicked in. But it's one of those things that in the moment you might get caught up, but hopefully you have that eureka moment where you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm not supposed to do this. And then hopefully you'll, you'll stop before it gets too late. And thankfully we ran out of bread before I realized this was a bad idea and there wasn't a whole lot of bread. So we were okay, but do not follow my footsteps. Don't do that. But you also don't want to swim quickly away from sharks. This can trigger their predatory instincts and they might follow you. What you should do is try to slowly back away while facing the shark to keep a safe distance. Now, sharks don't know that they are much more powerful than us, and I don't think I have any listeners that listen from the ocean, so I could probably get away with leaking that info without it getting back to the sharks, but y'all can start telling them if you want. I don't know what will happen. They don't know that we really can't mess them up without tools, so they have to treat us with caution as well as keeping an eye on them can help to keep them at a distance too. They don't know what we can do, so they're going to keep us at bay. And lastly, you want to wear anything. Uh, you don't want to wear anything shiny uh, or ignore signs while you are diving. Now, shiny jewelry, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, can mimic fish scales, which can draw sharks closer and can get them to bite. Now, if a fish is losing scales they could be injured and more shiny means more possible scales in the water which means a higher chance for a bite we don't want to mimic too many scales in the water it's not usually the best idea but for signs this can both be literal signs on the beach or mentioned by the company you are diving with as well as signs that the sharks may be exhibiting if they're charging at you or protecting an area you might want to back away from that. Now sharks tend to be territorial over weird things. So it's typically not like an alligator that is just trying to protect its babies because sharks tend to not care about their babies at all. They'll just kind of either plop them out or plop an egg somewhere and then swim away and be like, yep, figure it out. Uh, Lemon sharks are one of the few that actually try to protect their babies by putting them into mangroves. Um, Also lemon sharks sometimes protect divers. So yeah, that's kind of fun too. Someone request a lemon shark, please. Anyway, but another thing is to look up the company that you are diving or snorkeling with to make sure that it isn't sketchy. Now, I just watched 47 meters down since y'all voted on that. And all I can say is good God, use a good diving company or book with a cruise and or your resort or something like that because they will usually be more reputable. Reputable, There we go. And uh, just don't use sketchy things. If you feel weird about it, don't go down in a cage or go or use their equipment. Just, just if, if they're not going to give you a refund, eat the money and just go with it. You know, don't risk your own safety to have an amazing memory because chances are that you could have an amazing memory or it could end absolutely horrible and it'll be terrible for you. So don't force anything that isn't there, you know, but that's what I have for the safety portion of this episode. And we're going to go on to Shark News. Now, this one, to start it off, is Great White Shark Attack Leaves Tourists Screaming in Terror as Water Turns Blood Red. This is by The Mirror UK, which is not even really a newspaper. It's kind of, I don't even know what The Mirror is. I guess it is a newspaper out of the United Kingdom. Um, But anyway, there's a lot of weird things about this article. And starting off is that The Attack, which I put that in air quotes, It took place in 2019 in New Brunswick, Canada on a seal. So I guess technically it is an attack because the shark did want to eat the seal. Um, Also, why is something in the United Kingdom reporting on a bite or I guess a a shark hunting that occurred in Canada in 2019? it's, It's weird. I don't get it. Anyway, but... It's a very clickbaity title, uh, which I don't like, because it makes it sound like it's going to be on a human. It makes it sound like there's going to be horrible, horrible, like gore going on. And it, it the shark ate a seal. <laughs> that's that's what happened. But this was all captured because people were whale watching on a cruise, uh, a little boat to go watch whales, and they were said to be screaming in the background. Which it would be surprising to see a shark eating a seal near your boat. Uh, but usually the whale watching boats aren't like three feet long and the shark really can't mess up your whale watching boat and I don't know how I'd react if I saw it. Um, I mean, I can say that I I was at the beach uh, a couple weeks ago and I saw something rather large and gray kind of like dart by me like a little bit away and probably about five-ish feet and surprisingly, like my heart rate did go up but surprisingly, I didn't panic or anything like that. I just kind of turned around and just started walking back I sat down on the beach next to my girlfriend, and she asked how it was, and I was like, I saw something big and gray go by, could have been a shark, so I'm going to sit here for a minute, see if anyone else gets bit or freaks out, anything like that, and thankfully, nothing happened, never saw it again, Uh, no one got bit, no one screamed, so maybe he came in to come get some fish and realized how close he was and didn't like it and swim away, so that's what I assume happened, but I, I didn't scream, so... I mean, sharks are scary for some people, but you don't got to scream because it's eating. Anyway, that's a whole anecdote. But the video pulled in about 180,000 views, and people were absolutely amazed that sharks do shark things sometimes, which I would also like to put into perspective. 180,000 views, it's, it's nothing to sneeze at. But the article made it sound like this was an incredible feat to get that many views when Usually if you're scrolling through a video on YouTube and it has 180,000 views, like no one's really impressed by that anymore. And that is way more views than I have listens on this podcast. And I'm still very proud of this. But I'm really wondering why they put like how many views it had overall as if that was an incredibly unattainable number for for any video, when there's videos with millions of views, it confused me as well. There's this article is just so confusing. I did not get it. But the description of the video states that the fin can be seen slicing through the water as the shark attacks the seal. So, pretty regular shark behavior there. And then the sharks eat seals. It's part of their diet, um, which is why you shouldn't go party in the middle of a seal colony or try swimming with one. It, it's not a great idea. It's why you also shouldn't hang out in the middle of a school of fish because. Sharks eat fish, you know? It's another another thing there. But that's that article. Um, and then opposite end of the spectrum, uh, the next article is called The Luckiest Guy, in quotes. Shark bite victim recounts his, quote, shredded, end quote, arm, stranger who saved him. The Palm Beach Post is the one that did this. So this one comes out of Florida, of course. But a Palm Beach man was having his morning swim that he took a few times a week when a shark decided to bite his arm. Now, he was able to swim the 100 yards back to the shore where a shell collector was able to tie a tourniquet around his arm and control the bleed. Uh, Doctors said that the tourniquet probably did save his life. So off rip, I love that they called him a shark bite victim rather than saying shark attack uh, or anything like that, or saying that he's horrified, he's terrified. Uh, They didn't say anything like that. They're like, hey, we're going to focus on how a stranger saved him, which is awesome. Uh, Now, the swimmer said he had seen sharks many times while on his swim, and he accidentally kicked one in previous swims, but didn't have any bites on those days. He also mentioned that the water was rather murky, and he couldn't see his hands in front of him, which is most likely why the shark bit him. Now, limited visibility for us, also means that they have limited visibility as sharks so most likely the shark saw something moving while tracking some fish and he took a bite realized it wasn't a fish and he just headed off now the doctor said that the swimmer should make a full recovery he only had soft tissue damage and should be able to recover through physical therapy he also will be swimming again a future for exercise but probably not going to go out as far or the beach where he was bit now I do really like that mentality because he pretty much was like yeah I've seen sharks plenty of times while swimming never got bit with by one until now um probably not going to go back there because I got bit there so that's not fun uh also probably not going to go as far because sharks tend to be further out so he kind of realizes that he went into a shark's natural place and he's not calling for everyone to get out the water. He's not calling for sharks to be hunted and killed and everything like that, which I love. The report kind of just has it as like, oh yeah, I mean, he, this was an unfortunate event. Uh, he's going to be fine though, which is great. Uh, and thankfully, uh, he didn't like the the he didn't die because the person collecting shells was able to come over and and tie a tourniquet, which is really um, I don't I don't, don't want to say easy to do because I've never done it before, but I'm, I'm it's easy information to find. And I definitely think that everyone should watch a video on it um, or read about it, something like that, anything. Uh, Just that way in case you find yourself in a situation like this, you'll hopefully be better equipped to help someone out. Of course, if there's already people there doing their thing, don't push them out the way and be like, we're going to tie a tourniquet. It's like they broke their arm that doesn't help like so it's one of those things that it's great to know uh, it's easy to look up but of course if, if it's handled don't start going in there and say well alex from deep dives with sharks that i need to do this nope just just help as you can <laughs> but that's what i have for this episode thank you all once again for listening for being here for voting for sending me your spotify wraps you all are amazing i can't believe I'm here in this position it's so fantastic and you all are the best but follow along on the Instagram at deep dives with sharks for more updates or on Twitter deep dive sharks I run polls throughout the week everything like that you guys get to tell me what you'd like to hear next and also send in any comments or questions anything like that and give us a rating on Apple or Spotify and share it with anyone who will listen Uh, thank you all so much and I will see you in the next one